Welcome back. We're live. Another uh, episode. This time we're going to be talking about the ACC. We got Clint joining us again. This time he's back home and closer and hopefully on some better Wi-Fi. What's up, boys? How we doing? Good. Doing yeah. real good. Yeah, doing real good. We also got uh, Jacob in his Clemson jersey. That's a nice touch. Yes, sir. It is an ACC episode, so I figured I'd wear the according. Yeah. I will say it's good to be on the same time zone as you guys. And I know before we got on, I thought about being a little bit tired, but I swear this this pod thing and talking college football is what what gets me through. So I just want to thank you both, y'all. Y'all are good guys. Thank you for your so. service. Yeah. Yes, thank you for your service. That's <laughs> the glory of college football. Keep you going. That's what you said, man. I think that was the quote. We need to throw that on a T-shirt. <clears throat> Melanie, you want to go glory, ahead and do yeah. that I'll, I'll wear next episode. I don't care. There we go. Well, gentlemen, I say we get right into it. We're going to kind of do a uh, a list here based on the Caesars Sportsbook, just kind of the ACC Championships odds. So we'll kind of go down from the top and uh, start out with Clemson Tigers. My team and I think the country's team, right? Mm. <laughs> um, what do you mean by that? that? <laughs> yeah, once they start hey, losing, we took I think that- everybody's going to like them a little bit more. Uh, we took down Alabama, man, and nobody liked Alabama, so we took them down. So we it's been a while. We were America's team. It has. It has. It's been a while. So let's start off with last year, 2022. We finished as the 13th ranked team in the nation, went 11 and three, and had kind of a questionable offense, we'd say. Um, we had DJ Uyunglele, who is now over in Oregon State. Um. And to put it lightly, we we haven't had the offense in last year in the past couple of years that we had back when we had this man, Deshaun Watson and and Trevor Lawrence. And so we kind of re putting the reset button on the offseason right here. Um, we're returning 16 starters, eight of which are from the offense and eight of which from the defense. Um, the big thing, I think, is keeping that production, but also we have a brand new offensive coordinator. So there's like a brand new excitement coming in for this year uh, with Garrett Riley, TCU offensive coordinator. Um, and in those returning guys, we have four of the five offensive linemen that are coming back. Uh, we did lose Jordan McFadden. That's the left tackle. He was first team all, C- all ACC last year. So that hurts, but um, keeping four out of five is, is real nice. Um, but with the with the new offense that Garrett Riley's bringing in, is you know such a a good thing to look forward to because last year we were seventy second in the nation in fifty yard plays, um, just didn't have any explosiveness to it. And you saw TCU's offense last year; they were able to put up some big numbers. Um, so this year we kind of have like an over under of nine and a half wins. Um, it's kind of low based on what Clemson's had in the past, but. It's something that's definitely doable. It sounds right to me. Yeah, nine and a half. Um, <laughs> Take it, it, it honestly is because we unproven. Um, the big name is Cade Klubnik. We don't know exactly what he's going to be. We've seen one really good game from Cade Klubnik, and he, he came in, first of all, from uh, when we were playing Syracuse, we were down. He came in and uh, brought us back. But we did, that wasn't a full game that we had him play, you know, in the ACC championship when we beat North Carolina and he lit him up, but that was North Carolina too. Their defense hasn't been their strong suit. Um, and then, you know, he played all right in the 
Orange Bowl, but that was more – I kind of went back and watched that this past week. That was more of a defensive struggle from our side. We just had so many breakdowns in the secondary, and, I mean, it's not hitting the hooker, but Joe Milton, he was just lighting us up over top. So, um, but we have a lot of bright spots coming back this year. Uh, still got Will Shipley, and we got Phil Moffa, and I feel like if we can establish a, a passing game this year, um, which I feel like we definitely will. We can get more of Phil Moffa in there, maybe have two 1,000-yard runners, or we can combine for 1,500 to 2,000 yards um, just with those two. And we Question already know. For you. Yes. When the offense inevitably succeeds this year, um, due partly, I think, because of talent and half sarcastically because of the schedule, is it because of Kid Klubnik or is it because of Garrett Riley? Because I was already a firm believer in Cade Klubnik's ability last year. I know we've talked about it off camera multiple times. I talked about it last year. How like I wanted DJ to stay in the game because just seeing the little uh, flashes of Cade reminded me of when like Trevor was coming in, when Kelly Bryant was doing his thing. Like wasn't kind of the guy. He was more of a runner. And then Trevor comes in and starts throwing the ball. And I'm not comparing him to Trevor. It's just like it, it gave me those similar feelings when I saw a guy that was a freshman coming in and just throwing absolute darts down the field that I think that you guys, regardless of Garrett Riley, would have been a very improved team. So I guess I guess my question is like, it, there's going to be about Garrett Riley, but how much is it really about him and just about the, the just the massive upgrade in a quarterback? Well, it's not necessarily... Uh, a massive upgrade because we just don't know what he's going to be yet. I mean, he was a five-star just like DJ was a five-star. Um, so, you know, you don't know exactly what you're going to get, but I think it's going to go hand in hand. Um, both both will get their praises. Um, I, I really think that, you know, if, if we're praising Garrett Riley more, it'll be because we can establish the run game. We were able to run for like almost 200 yards, I think, a game last year. Um, so if we can establish that, that, that'll make K Clubnet look better. So I definitely see what you're seeing, JC. I think that, you know, you've seen that arm, you've seen what K Clubnet's capable of, and that's something that is, is special. So it'll, it'll kind of be a hand in hand kind of deal. I think nobody will get, uh, more praise than the other necessarily. Does that kind of answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. It's just. And we differ on that, which is fine. I think it's going to be a massive upgrade. I know DJ was a five star, but he also is six five, two fifty, and looks like a forty year old man. Like I don't know how you rate him any lower than a five star at that point. And right. just like I said, just from the little bit I've seen, I don't think you can. I mean, what you saw in the ACC championship game was just like a glimpse of it. Yeah, I know you guys lost to Tennessee, but again, that's what his second start type thing. Or I don't even know if he started the ACC championship game, but he came in and played pretty well. But that's just like me as a South Carolina fan, I remember half joking that game, like if DJ keeps throwing picks or, or struggles, they're going to put Klubnik in. I'm not going to look forward to that moment because he's just going to be able to run the offense that much smoother because he he gets the ball out quick. He makes decisions. Y'all's offense, at least in the past, um, the way it was a spread and the way it was like, it was, it's not pro style in the way that you have to work through your progressions is, is like, like an NFL quarterback would. Like y'all's offense is like very quick, very fast. You throw it to your guys, throw it to the spots. And with him, he's just, he's got a big arm and he's got quick decision making. Like I said, that's what reminded me. That's why he reminded me of Trevor coming out because he just wasn't sitting there like DJ was 
relying on his legs and are two just being indecisive with the ball and you can't do that not when you're especially like when you're playing Tennessee or obviously you guys start with South Carolina getting a pass rush um you don't have time to to just be indecisive and not throw the ball like you're gonna get hit in the mouth so I think Klubnik is is just kind of from that like spread offense type of uh system where he just like knows where to go and gets out quicker and I think having Riley is just gonna expound I mean I think it's it's gonna be a great fit for you guys so um sucks for us and the people that you guys play but i think you should be excited about um kind of where they're going to go from here but yeah I, I was just curious as to your thought on it whether it'd be more of a riley thing or a club nick i think the the point that would make it more of a cade thing is the difference between dj and cade is cade has a lot more downfield accuracy they both have big arms but dj didn't have a whole lot of accuracy when it came to yards over like or throws over like 10 yards um and Kate has that. And I mean, he's also got, I mean, we lost David out Davis Allen or big tight end, but we still have Jake Brennan stool. He's six, six. Like that's going to be, I think Cade's like downfield target. This is going to be like a Travis Kelsey, like um, nobody's as good as him, but just a, a, you know, you know, he's going to be open in some way. He's so big. So he's got, you know, d- options downfield. I feel like, and we need our wide receiver group to step up this year. That'll, that'll help him out as well. Um, remember the name Bo Collins. I think he's really going to go off this year. I mean, he's 6'3", 210, and, I mean, we have your favorite player that never committed to, you know, South Carolina and Antonio Williams. Um, But, you know, Adam Randall and Bo Collins will be right there as well. So he's got some options to throw to. Um, I definitely think that this will be a much improved year for the Clemson offense. Do you think – and I've, I've thought about this a lot with the whole this whole transfer portal era that we live in now. And it's no secret that Dabo has been reluctant to kind of to adapt to that that new look of college football. And we've already seen just in a few years now how crazy the transfer portal can be and how important it is to reload because you you can lose as much just as quickly as you can reload. And with Dabo, I, you know, I, I think they like to hold on to that. We like to develop our own. We like to recruit, you know, close to us and develop our guys and build the culture that way, which is cool. However, I feel like that's, if they don't start using that portal more, it's going to really hinder how they move forward and get back to that championship caliber teams that they, you know, they had not too long ago. Do you see that changing? Do you think he's going to, I'm not saying he's terrible, but it's like I said, he he doesn't like to use it that much. So do you think from, especially now that he's seen a few years of it and how it looks like with Florida state, I think it was a wide receiver that Clemson might should have gotten in the transfer portal would have been huge for y'all Florida state stack. Do you think that, He's gonna start learning his lesson and gonna start pick, using the, that portal a little bit more. Or do you, do you think this is just how it's gonna be? And hopefully, y'all can make it work. I think in Davo's mind, he wants it to stay like it is and and build from within. But results speak louder than than words. Um, so if we have another three loss season and we miss the playoff for the third year in a row, that will definitely you know make him go after you know transfer yeah. um, people because. I, I don't really think he would have gotten Garrett Riley if we had made the playoff the past two years, you know? So he, he likes to hire from within as well. So it, it's depending on results in my mind. I, I also think that 
the recruiting classes you guys are putting together are are enough because you guys are getting good recruits and developing. Yes, we still are recruiting well. But to go off Clint's point too, because even while we were like preparing for this ACC preview, I noticed how many people were just transferring within the conference. So although I think Dabo can do it with his own recruiting class, if you see guys like Clint said that are in the portal from your conference and want to stay in that region and obviously want to go to Clemson, right? Why would you not? You guys have built something there that if you want to go win a championship, here's the place you want to be at. And those people are just not not deciding not to go, just he's not opening their doors for them. And I get it. Not everyone's a fit for your program. I understand that. But when there's guys that want to come there, now that you're saying no to, and then they go to another program and they're making an impact and they're helping these teams, and not only helping these teams, and Clint's going to get into it in a little bit, but when it comes to Florida State, like with them, like, you know, maybe making a run at you guys for first place or one of the conference, like that hurts, man. If I see some guy that I'm like, kind of like your point about Antonio Williams, Auburn and South Carolina were fighting for this guy for a long time. I thought that's what it was going to be, and we were going to snag him. Last minute, Clemson comes in. You guys land Antonio Williams, and he's lighting it up, lighting us up. Like he's kind of like a Juice Wells esque type player with his speed, and he's only like five eleven, you know, six foot maybe. So yeah, I think he's going to start realize when he starts getting cooked by these guys that he could have easily had on their team, and it's going to feel very real in that moment. But again, maybe it's going to be down the line. Maybe it's going to be a couple years until he feels it. Because right now you guys are still putting up, you know, top five, top ten recruiting classes. But yeah, it's gonna suck when you see a guy walk right past your front door and you don't invite him in, and he goes right next door to Florida State or North Carolina. Like that's gonna hurt, and your fans are gonna be left wondering why aren't we going after these guys? I think that's a big thing. I think you're gonna start getting like boosters and fans like up in arms about like why are we not doing this? Like the NIL people, hey, we're offering all this money, or these collectives are offering all these opportunities. Like why don't we like actually? I mean, Clemson is one of the first people that has a, a whole facility just for the just for NIL. I saw it today. Like they have podcasting booths and like just all these like workstations just for people to go in, for their NIL stuff. So like people are putting up big money for you guys to go get these players. So I think some point the pressure is going to get to him like internally as far as boosters and people with the money that he's going to have to like he's going to have to change it up. He's going to conform at some point. I I applaud his effort of standing like on his whatever his beliefs are and when it comes to that, but he'll, he'll change. He's going to have to, I mean, with everything else in college football and life, like you're going to have to roll with the punches and you're going to adapt to the way it's going. Exactly. No, I totally agree with everything you just said. I mean, Nick Saban was stuck in his ways at Alabama for years. That's why they didn't have like these five-star quarterbacks. And then all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I'll kind of adapt to what's happening around me. And then now look at him. Like, I mean, he was winning before, but he's really winning now. So um, Devil will make those changes when when need be, and like I said, results speak more than anything. So if we have another mediocre year, mediocre like to Clemson standards, then um, we will definitely see some changes. I I would definitely agree with that. But um, I do want to touch on the defense before we move on. Um, okay. We did have the twenty second overall ranked defense last year, only giving up twenty point nine points per game. Um, you know, we we got a, we got a lot of guys come back. Like so, we got eight people coming back. Um, remember the name Xavier Thomas. That man was like one of the top, like top five recruits, I think, in in a class uh, two years ago or one year ago, whatever. And that man, he, he's going to be a problem um, on the defensive line for us. And we got Peter Woods and Tyler Davis was all ACC first team last year. Uh, this line and can't forget the linebackers. A lot of people, not in, not just me, but a lot of people are ranking the linebackers. Um, you know, as some of the best, probably the best, uh, 
tandem in um in the country. So this defense is, is we've always had a really good defense, and that's kind of stood true even through these last couple years of the offense kind of struggling. So um, I'm really excited to see that. I just need to see a little bit more, like I said, watching that uh, bowl game against Tennessee when we play these bigger, faster, stronger teams. Um, need to see more from the corners. Um, but after that, I, I really think we're in for over nine and a half wins for this year. Clint, yeah, are, you, are you on the over? Ah, dude, I'm 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 so teeter tottering, and it's not that I'm I'm trying to hate on Clemson here because I'm definitely not. Uh, Debatable. You, you can attest to this, no, because it's the the rivalry is better when both teams are good, right? Certainly, or I yeah. guess both suck because then you're on the same level. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Obviously, Clemson doesn't suck. Carolina's coming up. I I do think, and that's kind of why I asked about the whole Dabo thing and the transfer portal because it's obviously it's not going to go away. Um, I did see that they are. I think it's the NCAA just came out and said that they're they have waivers for second time transfers. So players do transfer for second time. They have waivers, and before they were all just getting approved. And I think they just came out and said that it, unless it's uh, due to medical reasons or safety issues, that they're not going to be um, approving those waivers anymore. So it might slow down a little bit, not much, though, in my opinion. Uh, but this, I think, this is kind of like a year, like you were saying, like. If we have another quote unquote disappointing year, what do you do then? Do you start looking internally, like at Dabo, at the coaches? Like, are we not doing enough? Is it, is it the transfer portal that's hurting us because we're not getting out there? And like JC said, we're letting guys walk past our doorstep to the next door. I, I'll I'll take the over because Clemson is still a good team. They're 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 going to be okay. Um, are they a playoff team? I don't know. Uh, I think it's it's good news that there's no divisions this year because you have Florida State and you could drop to Florida State this year and still might make the playoff because there's no divisions. And uh, if y'all don't mind me transferring over to Florida State, that's that's I think that's going to be one of y'all's. That it's going to be fun to watch that because again during this preview i i'm high on florida state i was before and then i started doing a little more research and i'm really high like we were talking about with clemson having a lot return and florida state has a lot i think they got 16 returning starters as well both eight on offense and defense and the difference that i've seen between the two and this is how i compared it was to clemson was florida state did a really good job in the transfer order they brought in a lot of guys uh, not least of all jaheen bell from south carolina who was an absolute monster at the end of the year uh for us and that's kind of what you have to do if you're not going to be able to pull straight five stars across the board. You got to go pick and choose out of the transfer portal to fill those holes that you couldn't get out of recruiting. And I think Florida State did that really well this year. Uh, of course, they got Jordan Travis, who was really good, 3,200 yards last year, 24 TDs, and I think five interceptions. Um, and on defense, they got that guy, Jared Verse, 48 tackles, 17 tackles for loss, nine sacks last year on the defense line. That, that is. That's a good year. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think when it comes down to Clemson, yeah, y'all been on top. But I think this year it's going to be a problem, especially when it comes to Florida State. And if, if we'll see. It, it'd be nice to, after we get through, this, you know, the first part of the season, when, when did they play? When did, when did Florida State and Clemson play? Um, They Except- play, I know it's at home, it's at, 
in uh, Clemson this year. Yeah, so September play, 23rd, so week four. Okay, so they play pretty early. Week four. Yeah. Right. So this could be one of those things where it could be split one-on-one where you have – you know, one guy that, or I'm uh, sorry, the, one of the teams wins that first matchup and then they, they see each other again in the ACC championship. So, um, yes, I, are y'all, are you worried at all about, you know, Florida state and what they bring back and it, they seem to be on the rise. Not uh, Mike Norvell is, is kind of getting them on the right track now. And I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of see them as an outside playoff contender. So how do you, how do you feel about that? Yes, I, I totally agree with you, Clint. I really think that the best best the ACC can be is when Florida State and Clemson are both good. I miss having to look at the schedule and be like, oh, boy, we go to Florida State this year, and that's going to be a tough one to pull out. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And and honestly, I've heard some people say this too. There, Think about it. like There is a chance that Florida State and Clemson could play three times this year um, because if, if we both sweep, uh, every other game, except for the week four, say whoever wins, Clemson or Florida State, it's hard to beat mm-hmm. a team twice in the same year. Right. Um. So if we win at home, you know, in week four, and then we both make it to the ACC championship, Florida State could win, and then we're both sitting there at one loss. We can almost both get in, you know, if we're both undefeated. Um. So it is definitely something I'm looking forward to, for sure. Jacob, you you brought up a good point for me. When, well, two things. One, when you. Like, how does it feel to finally look at your conference schedule and be like, oh, shoot, I'm, I might be worried? Because this is what I've been doing since I was whatever, <laughs> whatever age I could, you know, read a schedule and, and really understand what was going on with South Carolina football. This has, like, been my life and even longer for Clinton. He's a little bit older. Like, about damn time, Bro, man. All right. Like, come on. Jesus Christ. Why? <laughs> but, but, okay, on a serious note, though, I've been talking a lot of nonsense about Florida State and I don't. I don't believe in them just because I don't believe in any team with a big name, which hasn't done anything for me recently. Now I understand Florida State had a good year, but and this just shows how simple-minded I am. Maybe I saw a highlight I mean, the other week <laughs> of Jordan Travis throwing a bomb to that Johnny Wilson dude who's like six seven. Mm-hmm. Dude, they're gonna be a problem like for a lot of teams, man. Like a problem. Okay, like, let me ask you: Is South Carolina beating Florida State right now? Um. Who knows? <laughs> it, de- it depends. It depends. It depends. It depends. How are and they using Jaheim Saturday, Bell? Because right? if they use Jaheim Bell, how we use him at the end of the year, that's tough because he can play running back, receiver, tight end. He can block. Um, I still, I mean, who's better, Jordan Travis or Spencer Rattler? Same. Same. Like, are, is he? Tra- I like, think this year that uh, Jordan Travis has better Heisman odds. Oh, I, I would say that. Yeah. If I yeah. want five. If Clint was quarterback with this schedule, he'd have way better Heisman odds than Spencer Rattler. Oh, <laughs> I'm just okay. saying. Do you, they play North Alabama. But uh, on a serious note, yeah, uh, it, it's a toss-up. I, I don't know how it feels. Like, I don't... I mean, what's their defense look like, Clint? I mean, you, you so you said Jared Burst, so that, <clears> like, <throat> defensive line. Linebackers, second, like, is there a secondary problem? Yeah, Do they, they have depth? ACC Rookie of the Year last year, Patrick Payton. He's back. They got the senior, Fabian Levitt. He's back on the D-line. I mean, they, they do lose their safety, but it's about it. I mean, they're in, right. uh, again, they've they've recruited and they've reloaded in the transfer portal, and I don't think that's going to be an issue. Uh, I, I, I'm, maybe I'm not as harsh as JC. I don't think their schedule is that easy, but I don't think it's it, it's it's favorable to where they're going to have the tough games that they need to to get that national recognition and could win them. 
and then have enough games to where this should be easy wins leading a nice path to not only an ACC championship, but obviously to the playoffs, which is everybody's goal. Um, I like, like we were saying, dude, I, before, you know, just a couple months ago when I was just going through some stuff, I was like, I, I can't play Florida state this year. And the more I've looked into them, I'm like, dude, they might actually be a legitimate problem like nationally. Um, so I, we'll get to who our picks are to win the ACC title at the, you know, at the end of this episode, obviously, but um, I, I'm very high in Florida State. I think they're going to, people are going to start to re- realize, okay, yeah, they're for real. So yes. I put a I put a poll up on the Instagram page um, over the weekend about over under nine wins for Florida State. And the more I look at their schedule from a glance, like I, I should have changed it. I should have been more like over under 10 or 11 because looking at their schedule, like I would say Clemson's two toughest games. I mean, three if you want to throw South Carolina in there, but conference at least. No, well, I guess maybe not Notre Dame technically, but Notre Dame and Florida State, right? Florida State's only really got Clemson. But I mean, besides LSU, conference game, right? So you got LSU, that's going to be first week of the season. I don't think that makes or breaks their season right there. Maybe it could make it if you beat them off the rip. And then right. besides Clemson, the last game of the season is Florida. And I don't think Florida is going to be a problem for them this year just because from, from the quarterback standpoint. So I'm kind of with right. you, Clint, like, I think regardless of what happens with LSU and then beat Clemson, like you're probably going to be for the entire year, at least talked about like in the playoff. Right. And then they just kind of control their own destiny. I, I don't see how they, with this schedule, man, like I don't think they should lose. Like the only people they should really lose to is Clemson or LSU. Other than that, like they should be right, able to beat all Ve- these teams. That's why mm-hmm. Vegas has their over under at 10. You put it up at nine on the Instagram, but it's yeah. actually at ten, you know, from Vegas. So, I yeah, I agree. They're going to be right there the whole year. That's why I say Florida State and Clemson could play each other definitely twice, but you know, maybe even three times. And that's what I was saying too. I, you know, not the toughest of schedules, but enough to where if they win those two big games, if they can beat LSU in its first game of the year, so they might. And y'all know how I feel about LSU too. I'm pretty big on them as well. But if they're able to pull that off, and then you know, win against Clemson, obviously. Um, they're they're going to be up there in rankings, and and they'll probably be, especially if they win the ACC, they'll probably be in the playoffs. So. Yeah. Hard to argue. Yeah, you might have almost convinced me. I, I was checking to see if they played uh North Carolina this year because that that's another team that they're scary just because they can score 150 points a game. That'd be a matchup. It didn't look like they play them this year. So 150. Wow. On, on, a, on a rough night. Sometimes it's a little more than that. Yeah. Well, I'd give him the Heisman after he scores 150. Yeah. Right there. I mean, speaking of the Heisman, Spencer put 60-something on Tennessee, who then put some, something, I don't know how many to put on y'all. Dude, so, this is why I love you. 30, uh, 34. You're always plugging in Spencer for Heisman in the middle of... <laughs> Which is funny, because two years ACC. ago, two yep, years ago, I am uh, quoted and recorded saying, he is yeah. definitely not going to win the Heisman. This Ooh, is when he's scroll down a little bit. Yeah, you'll hear that. Yeah, just scroll down to the first podcast. You'll you can hear and listen and call me out on my BS for that. Um, yeah. hey, look, people change. Okay, opinions change, right? You live and you learn. You grow older. I've gotten wiser. Clemson used to be years. good. No, not so much. Things change. Right. All right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of North Carolina, um, guys, a stat that I didn't realize, and maybe just I wasn't paying attention. So. Obviously, people talk about Drake May's arm, right? What he did as a freshman. 
38 touchdowns. I think he threw like seven interceptions, maybe. He ran for 700 yards last year, almost 700 yards. Was that the leading rusher? Uh, I think the leading rusher, it might have been the leading rusher on the team. But they, they had a, a running back that had one more touchdown than him. I don't know about oh, yards, wow. but like 700 yards is a good bit. I mean, enough to like, you know, we have to talk about this in our defensive meetings and we have to like, you know, something we got to like stay home about, right? So kind of negate some of the pass rushes for some of these teams. But that surprised me because I just didn't, all of his highlights are obviously like his, just how accurate he is, his deep ball. So, um, some of that surprised me a little bit. I want to I want to go back to what Clint was saying about this whole like transport transfer portal waiver thing, right? Because when the transfer portal just came out, I think me and a lot of other people thought like it was just it still kind of is the Wild West and you can just go wherever the hell you want. But yeah, back in January they kind of changed the rules about transferring twice. So uh Devontae Walker, so he was at another school. The name's going to escape me right now, but then he went to Kent State, right? Then in December, he transfers to North Carolina. I already have him as like an all-ACC projected player coming from Kent State. The, the, the rule changes in January. He's already there or has already you know committed to go there. And then in August, just a couple weeks ago, they rule him ineligible for the game. Apparently, his reasoning for transferring was his grandma is really sick. I guess his grandma raised him uh, not enough from the NCAA's point of view. Doesn't surprise me. Back in the day before they had the portal, they would let people transfer for no reason. And then like somebody had a legitimate reason, they wouldn't let you. Just another reason the NCAA right. is probably going to lose control of this thing. But yeah. the North Carolina governor actually sent a letter to the NCAA on his behalf. Now, that just happened like yesterday or the day prior. So I don't know if, if anything's going to come of that. The last thing I read. They said that it was hopeful that he would make his return. Um, I don't know if you guys have read into that or have any more information on it, but I will say just from like the being on all, if you go to like the North Carolina boards or chat rooms or whatever, like they're very upset because they're all ACC receiver isn't going to play, which at the same time, I don't really agree with like Juice Wells came from an FCS program, which he dominated for two years, but you don't come in as an all SEC player until you've done that in the SEC. So slow down maybe with the he's an all ACC receiver we're missing he hasn't proven he can do it yet I know he's got the talent but we'll see I mean we still got a couple more weeks so I think it's going to get worked out but if it doesn't hey good for South Carolina you guys can figure it out later figure it out after week one but if you got, do you guys have anything else on on that I know Clint you touched on it wh- wh- how the rule is or like, I think you said something about medical or whatever like what yeah. else, what else is, is going to get so you, you actually to frozen my screen for a second you're asking about the um the, the the changes they made to to the transfers and yeah the, the waivers and stuff yeah so I was reading it just about the yesterday that NCAA came out and I guess you know with all the transfers you have I guess on the second one I, I don't even know maybe the first one as well but on the second one you you apply for the transfer and use a waiver and uh, they they get approved all the time no questions asked well NCAA has come out and said that um yeah no more on the second transfer uh the only and this is what they say, but the only reasons that they will approve a second transfer, uh, and, and I'm not saying that they can't transfer. I'm saying being, you know, transfer and be immediately eligible. So that's what the waiver's for. Um, they will only approve that waiver to be immediately el- eligible after the second transfer if it's due to them leaving their previous school for medical reasons or for safety. Um, 
like we were talking about, I think that's one of the measures I think they're they're taking, and they haven't taken many, but one of the measures they've taken to try to bring the reins back in and be like, okay, it's getting kind of insane out there with you know the, you know players moving all around. You know, every year they're going to a new school. I think that's one way they're trying to. In my opinion, I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference. Um, but they, they they did come out and they were like, yeah. So second transfers, you can still transfer. It's just. Um, unless it's for a medical issue or for safety reasons, uh, you will, uh, according to them, they're not going to prove it for you to be immediately el- eligible at your next school. So, which I'm good with that because I think they do need to rein it in. But do you know if it's going back to the old way where like you have to set out a full year? Is that what it is, or is it just kind of like a I, th- TBD? I think that's what it was. Okay, yeah, I, I didn't see all of it. Um, it was kind of right. uh, a quick read, but yeah, I, I, I would imagine, yeah, if you were. Say you spent one year at this school, transfer your second year as a sophomore, you spent this school, and you go to transfer again to a third school. It, it's probably, I think that's where it's going to be. Okay, well, yeah, you could transfer, but you're not going to be eligible to play for that for that third year. You have to sit and you can play your senior year. Got it. Yeah, like that's just it's so selective though when they choose it. That's why, like you're saying, NCAA is going to kind of lose control of this because they kind of pick and choose when they want to apply it sometimes, and that rule is there, but like they it's kind of selective because I, you know, I want just like you'd never hope for injuries. I, I hope that North Carolina can be as good as they can be because that looks better for, for anybody in the ACC that beats them. Um, and it's just kind of aggravating whenever a guy has been there since you said December and it's just suddenly like, okay, wow, you can't play. Like that was probably that, that he was going to be like the number one receiver. Wasn't he? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. They're saying he's like an all ACC receiver. That's what kind of bothered me because he hasn't played it down yet, but yeah, apparently he's like, he's that good. I think I think why that hurts him too is I think they lose their his Drake May's top two targets from this past year, so I think that's why they're even more like you know what the hell, um, right? And that's we, wrong. We need this guy, yeah. Yep. <clears throat> right. Well, the other thing they're going to need help, and, and going back to what I said on last week's episode about it, probably is going to be like a thirty, like both teams maybe scoring in the thirties when it comes to South Carolina and North Carolina. So Gene Chizik's there. Um, defensive coordinator. It's his second year. He's done a, another stint at North Carolina a few years back. But so they gave up thirty points a game last year, and I don't think they've really gotten anybody like in from the portal that's really going to like make that much of a difference. So with with all the hype around Drake May and the offense, um, and, and the wide receiver, I think even if Walker doesn't come back, I feel like maybe they're gonna. I say that maybe they'll stand their ground, but I feel like he'll be back. But I think the real question is going to be their defense and can they stop anybody? You know, it's going to be just one of those things. It's kind of like USC with Caleb Williams. Like, that's all the talk about is their offense out there, but like, what's their defense going to do? Like, North Carolina can, can score 30 points, but if your defense has given up 30 points a game, like, you can't afford to make a mistake or have a bad game or have a game where you're throwing the ball or the, the O line struggling and, and you can't beat the pass rush. So, that's going to be kind of the, the big thing. And we'll see if it, if South Carolina can expose it week one, the probably the good thing for them is it's both teams week one. So like after that, you can kind of figure it out with App State and well, maybe not so much with App State. They're pretty solid, but you got a couple of teams before you really get into like their their run in the the conference schedule. But yeah, I would say the secondary is probably the concern there more than anything. Yeah, they got a gauntlet to end the year. Um, not like Georgia, Alabama, but they got you know Duke, which is a rivalry game, which is always hard to win, and then at Clemson, then at NC State. So um, Vegas has them at eight and a half uh, over under. So I mean, that's going to be 
I mean, y'all are going to say they're going to lose to South Carolina the first week. So, I mean, if they do that, it's going to be kind of hard to, to get to eight and a half wins, I would feel. I'm required to say that. Um, I'm not required to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah, I'd put him right at eight. If I if, if I had to put money down, I would probably say eight just because of that. But yeah, yeah they're definitely losing week one. I'm just telling you, this is going to happen. <laughs> the easiest one to predict, right? Well, who do you have, Jacob? Do you, do you think Carolina, North Carolina, can beat South Carolina? I mean, obviously they can, but how do, how do you see that playing out? Do you, do you see it being a close game, or do you think it's just going to be a Drake May show? Well, I think it'll be honestly, yes, it would be a Drake May and Spencer Rattler show. Yeah. Like we talked about in the last episode, what Rattler you get early in the year, but it should be kind of a high scoring game. That's how it should be. Um, you know, any, any of the first couple of games of a year, because the defense just hasn't, doesn't have any tape on an offense either. So it should be kind of an exciting high scoring game. Um, there's not a whole lot of, you know, like you said, there's not a whole lot of uh, confidence I have in their defense either. So. Um, it should be a good game. I, I honestly, I think that y'all should beat them. Should beat them. Drake may, may go off for 300 some yards and run for a hundred yards. Who knows? But y'all are definitely the better team overall. So y'all should definitely be. That is scary though. When you have, like you were talking about JC, where you got a guy who literally is going to be a Heisman, maybe based on his arm alone. And then, Oh, by the way, 700 yards on, on the ground too. That's, that's like, frustrating for defenses i guarantee yeah and right. th- and that's 700 yards like i could be wrong i don't know how many running plays are calling for him you know maybe a, maybe, some read, maybe some read options or stuff but like 700 is a good bit so to what you just said jacob if he throws for 300 runs for 100 i don't know if we're winning that game if that's his <laughs> stats like, that's a, that's a bad night if he's got 420 yards of offense just him but it i, is, I but... see what you're saying <laughs> like he's kind of more or less maybe a one-man show or at least that's kind of how it's portrayed because that's all they really talk about. Um, we'll see, man. Game day is going to be there. Your boy's going to mm. be there. I'm a, I'm, <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I, yeah, I do so, know that I think they have a pretty good tight end room too. So even though they lose their top two receivers from last year, I think I think Drake May is still going to have plenty to throw to. Enough to throw to, should I right. say? And then I I think they bring back like seven on defense, seven starters. But yep. then Se- again, seven like we on talking, defense, yeah. Like we were talking about, like. You're, you were one of the worst, if not the worst, in the ACC in almost every stat defensively last year. So if you bring back those same guys, is that a good thing? Like, I guess we'll see. I, obviously, there's something to be said about development and experience. But um, yeah, oh, they so, have the experience. Gene Chizik's yeah. there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But I mean, player wise, yeah, it's it's going to be it, if they do have a defense, if they are able to find a way to stop offenses. Okay, then it starts getting a little scary, right? Especially for. Clemson and Florida State, where they think they're, and rightfully so, they think they're top dogs in the league this year. And then you have UNC, who, uh-oh, we found a defense. This might be a problem. So, it's right. going to be fun to watch. I'd say that if if Drake May is not the leading rusher, like, they can establish the run, I don't really think it, it still matters what the defense does, but it doesn't it doesn't weigh on the defense as much if they can establish some run, and then Drake May still runs for five, 600 yards. Mm-hmm. So, if they had a thousand-yard rusher, and then Drake May did that, like, I think they they definitely go over eight and a half wins. I don't yeah. think they're getting a thousand yard rusher, but if uh, they should have a running back to at least run for six or seven hundred yards, I would think. But it was if, just if, a few years ago they had a couple like two thousand yard rushers. Remember that? Right. Yeah. Well, couple. I mean, yeah, you're right. I would th- I would say if if you want to nitpick it, Gene Chizik came in. They were giving up thirty two points a game. Lashley gave up thirty points a game, so maybe they'll give up twenty eight, help the offense out a little bit. 
just slowly just two points shave off two points a year boys we'll get there yeah <laughs> there, there gonna be uh back in the analyst booth somewhere yeah, soon exactly <clears throat> all right well we'll move on to the next team and that is the louisville cardinals this team has got a lot of buzz around it um kind of quietly because there's not a whole lot of national talk about him because he finished eight and five last year 40th nationally um they went eight and five but they and they but they have a whole new new buzz if you remember back when like nebraska first got scott frost and there was just like so much buzz about oh this is the the golden guy we needed him we, we wanted him he used to go here and he's you know the guy we need uh, quietly and he got we, fired. He did, he did, and it didn't work out. But um, Louisville's kind of got their own guy, Jeff Brom, a uh, brand-new coach coming in. And actually, kind of got a little fun story for you. Um, they hired his younger brother, Brian Brom, as the offensive coordinator there. Dude, Both- I remember when Brian Brom played for them. Like, it yeah. wasn't that long ago. We were talking maybe, like, I was, like, maybe, like, 08 or something. Like. It wasn't, it's not, I mean, it's a long time now, but yeah, I think Brian Bromson, like in his mid, <laughs> like mid thirties or lower forties, whatever, but, um, no, he's, he's definitely in his thirties. He's young. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, uh, both Jeff, Jeff Brom was the previous coach at Purdue and Brian Brom was the offensive coordinator there. And if you remember, Purdue has actually come out of nowhere the past couple of years and been a really good team. He was like the quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator there. Um, so that's kind of fun. He was the, uh, and he, both of them actually played at Louisville. That's why I think this is like a Scott Frost situation. Like everybody's been wanting this to happen for years now. Um, and Jeff Brom's actually a part of the uh, Louisville Cardinals like Ring of Honor too. So like um, he's just born and raised in that area. It feels like, and uh, Brian Brom just followed him right over. So um, and per- like I said about Purdue, like they both been there, kind of bringing that program back to relevance. Purdue's had seventeen wins over the past two years. Did y'all boys know that? I do know. Yeah, I can't say that I was really aware of them. They've always like been like, eh, solid. I say yeah, solid. Like, they're kind of like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that kind of just snuck up on me when I saw that. Stand. I was like, wow, okay. Um, but anyway, for the Louisville team, they have only 10 starters coming back. Um, four offensive and four defensive. Um, but on the defensive side, they're starting, they got all their defensive backs back, all four of them. So that's at least some stability there. You know, as a Clemson fan, looking back at Louisville, and I, I told JC this a little before we started, I've always remembered Louisville being like a skinnier team. Like, they didn't have a whole lot of mass. They were some smaller guys, but they had a whole lot of speed. And I'm talking about even on defense. So, um, it, you know, they pride themselves on the defensive backs. In fact, they went from a 4-3, which they ran last year, to now they're switching over to a 4-2-5 to kind of complement that speed, which is smart from Brian Baum, um, kind of seeing what you got and working with it. Um, so they don't have Malik Cunningham, like JC, you were telling me again, he just lit it up in a preseason game earlier. Um, for what team who drafted him or was it, he wasn't even drafted undrafted, but, um, of course, Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick and the Patriots picked him up. Yeah, that's right. So they don't have somebody as le- electrifying as Malik Cunningham or even Lamar Jackson, but, um, they got a red shirt senior transfer, Jack Plummer. Um, he played for three seasons under Brian Braun actually at Purdue. So there is like a connection there, but he never started 
you know, a full season in any of those three seasons. And he was even benched his last season, I believe. Um, so they bring in a lot of different transfers. So this team's kind of like a come and go kind of deal. Um, like I said, they only having 10 starters returned, but bringing in a whole new system, new defensive system, but they do bring back their leading rusher, um, Jahar Jordan. Uh, he had 815 yards and four touchdowns last year. And they bring back their, uh, I think it's their leading receiver, Amari Huggins-Bruce. Um, he was only third string, well, so he wasn't their leading receiver, but he was only third string last year, but that's the only guy they have back on offense. Um, so, But the thing is with Louisville, their over-under is actually at eight after everything I just said. Because if you look at their schedule, they have a very easy schedule, especially when it comes to the ACC. They skip out on Clemson, FSU, and North Carolina. Their hardest game is actually Notre Dame at home on October 7th. Um, so that's why I say there's actually a lot of good buzz about this team because they brought in their goalie guy, they got their offensive coordinator, um, and they just they have a pretty easy schedule. So, Yeah, I would say eight wins over-unders is high. I, I would not have guessed that. For Louisville, yeah, exactly. Especially after everything I just described. They don't have a whole lot coming back and right. stuff like that. So. But um, this team's got a lot of buzz, and like I said, they're actually fourth on the the uh, ACC championship odds at plus twelve hundred. So that kind of surprised me, to be honest. Yeah, I think they're going to be one of those teams where they're not that good yet they still they still win a lot of games, and you're like, oh well. And if you're not paying attention, you're like, damn, Louisville actually might be good. It's like, well, eh, they're not really playing anybody. You know, pretty easy schedule. Schedule. They're not playing Clemson, Florida State. Yeah, the hardest is Notre Dame at home. Um, I, I, they do lose a lot that we were talking about, and uh, they. I think they're switching their defense too. I think they're going from a four three to a four two five. Uh, but I, I, I did think they have the players that can play that kind of style of defense. Um, I think on offense they only return four, and only two of which are on the line. So. Yeah, I think it's just going to be one of those teams where they, they're they probably going to win some games. They're not a terrible team, but I, I do think that uh, the record is going to be a little bit better than their actual team indicates. So. Which is something that I would say take advantage of from their from their point of view, right? Like, take advantage of a weak schedule, win eight games, take that to the recruiting trail, say, they, this is what we put together, and then build off of it. Because, like you said, I, just a few years ago, I mean, dude, like Louisville, um, Clemson was like one of the like most exciting games like recent history. Now, granted, you had like once in a generation talent and Lamar Jackson, but Malik Cunningham comes after him and he's like, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he ain't far off. So like, they're they're not that far off. And like I said, the the way the ACC is kind of shifting, you know, with Clemson having, I say, quote unquote, a down year, um, it's wide open, right? I mean, it's not for them this year. Like I wouldn't say they they're actually a threat to to win it, but take advantage of this week's schedule, get some wins, get some recruits. Um, like you, like Jacob kind of touched on, you got these guys that are from Louisville that have grown up in that area that played in the program. And when Brian Brom played, like they weren't great, but like they obviously had to be somewhat relevant for me to know who the hell Brian Brom was back in '08, <laughs> right? To like even know Louisville. So like I would say back then they were like were decent. I mean they were in a different conference at the time too. But yeah, I would say hey, take advantage of it and take it to the recruiting trail. Yes, sir. Um. Speaking of like a team that kind of struggled <laughs> last year, um, <laughs> Miami. So interesting stat I saw Tyler Van Dyke's uh, 
freshman year, 293 passing yards a game. Last year, it drops down to 203 yards a game. So we're talking almost like 100 yard difference per game, right? Which is not only, I mean, just as an individual stat, but you think about your team, right? Mm-hmm. Over a season, that's a pretty big difference. Um, they only return nine guys, three on offense, five on defense, and a kicker. So not a lot to, to build off of. They haven't made any like crazy portal splashes. And I will say, I hate using the word gauntlet in the ACC because it sounds sacrilegious, but it's not. I mean, they do, they have Texas A&M at home second week of the season. Last year, they only lost to him 17 and nine, but that's like early indicator, right? And where this team's going to be at. But then you got North Carolina. This is, let's, I'm going to just go from October 14th and on. So the sixth game of the year and on, North Carolina, Clemson, Virginia, NC State, Florida State, Louisville. And they end with Boston College. So like, as gauntlet as you can get in the ACC, they definitely like go through it right in the middle of the year. So it's just going to be, it's going to be interesting, man. I don't see them. They were five and seven a year ago. It's going to be tough, man, to to get to five hundred with them. Like, do you guys see that any differently, Jacob? I mean, do you think they're a? a are they making it to a bowl game? The last bowl game they went to was twenty twenty, the Cheez It Bowl. <laughs> That's a funny bowl. Um, well, they're. Over under is seven and a half. So to to kind of say they go over that is kind of hard to say. My thing with Miami over the past couple of years, and and I want to see. I was so young when they were so good, and you know what is it two thousand when they had that really good team. Um, I'd like to see Miami be good again, and they just they've got a culture problem down there. I feel like um, they just don't have guys that just want to keep their head down and just work hard, but. Um, and I'm not trying to call anybody out, but that's just what I've seen the past couple of years because Clemson's gone down there and just handed them some fat losses, and and it's just kind of sad to see. But I personally think that this this year is is a year for their coach. Um, and the name escapes me right now. But Mario Cristobal. Mario Cristobal. He's on the hot seat. If he can't get this program kind of going, he went down there from Oregon to kind of like get this program rolling again. And right. if he if he can't get it going this year, he's kind of got to you know rethink everything the program's got to rethink everything so i personally think that they won't make it over seven and a half but it's it's possible for them but like you said they got that gauntlet right in the middle of the year and yes i am going to say gauntlet because you know it is but they do get clemson at home and virginia uh virginia at home louisville at home but they are at florida state so you know a&m will be the the tester for them That'll kind of show them, hey, like, what we got going here. I did miss one. They do have an offensive line transfer from Alabama. Um, Jalen Rivers was all S- second team all SEC last year. So they do got a couple guys coming in, but I don't think maybe enough to take them to that next step. But I'm with you, Jacob. Like, it's only, it's only going to be a second year. So in this day and age, they don't get a lot of time. They get more time than an NFL guy would to kind of create that culture. So see how this year plays out and then you know, start getting a year three, year four, if, if that culture that you're trying to create doesn't stick to anything. Yeah, I think he's going to be on the way out. I do have a, a fun stat for you. Um, so they have a, a transfer from Oregon. He's a tight end. His name's Cam McCormick. Clint, mm. just take a guess at what year football this gentleman will be starting in 2023. Take a guess at what? 
what number year this guy so he's been playing football for a long time college football when he plays this season what year will it be what it will be his what like fourth fifth sixth okay seventh eighth ninth tenth eleventh you you just take a take a wild guess <laughs> i mean you're asking so it has to be something insane i'll just say seventh because like a covid and all that the extra years they got Right. So it's like COVID injuries, right? So somebody's like yeah. obviously injured. So you probably don't want them on your team anyway. Jacob, I'm going to give you a guess and then I'm going to tell you. I think I heard about this guy. Somebody was on like their eighth year or something. I thought I heard about a guy too, but I didn't realize it was Miami. Yeah, this is going to be his eighth year in college football. <laughs> he's, he's playing two full college careers right. of football. He's going to be a 33-year-old rookie. Well, he's probably not going to make it to the league, but like I don't know yeah, if I want this guy on my team yeah. anyway. If you're hurt that many times or you got to keep getting years, like, come on, bro. I dude, mean, they, like you said, COVID's a year, but. They give him a whistle, dude. He's he's running half the practices at this point. <laughs> hey, there you, go. You, can't, you can't transfer twice, though. <laughs> I don't know if Miami still got that punter, but they had that punter that was like in his mid-30s, too. It was like an Australian dude, so maybe you can hang out with him. I don't know. Dude, I love that. Like when there's like 35-year-olds that are playing college football that don't, probably don't have a care in the world. They're, you know, they're probably partying every night. They're just like, whatever, man. Or the opposite. They got like four kids at the house. You know, they're making supper, <laughs> reading the playbook. Right. Oh, man. Do you guys remember Brandon Whedon from Oklahoma State? Yeah. 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 He was like 28 or something when he started. And I'm like, and then the, I think the Browns like drafted him the first year. And I was like, don't draft this guy. Like, he's not good. Like, he's not going to be yeah. good. Yeah, because it mean, was it's not, not like good. you're gonna right. You're, you 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 get drafted at what twenty eight, and then you need a few a couple of years to acclimate to you know NFL right. play, and then by right. that time you're a middle aged man, dude. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. And thirty three, the NFL is old. Yeah, maybe not for a <laughs> quarterback. The, got them for city miles on you. you can't be yeah, doing that. No joke. <laughs> I I do think Miami is is going to be a fun team to watch because I I think they're one of those teams that have a. They have like a low floor and a high ceiling. Like they, they're one of the more volatile teams. I think we'll we'll be watching in the ACC. Like they, if you told me they only win five games this year, I'd be like, eh, yeah, that sounds right. If you told me they win nine this year, I'd be like, yeah, I can see that too. Like it, it it's just one of those teams that you know with Mario Cristobal, he's a damn good recruiter. I don't think he's that great of a coach. I mean, he's he's okay, but he's not one of those coaches that's gonna. Yeah, I just don't see him coaching the team to victories they shouldn't win. And, uh, but the talent, I mean, it's Miami. They, they, they should recruit well. They should get transfers coming in. Um, and we'll see about Tyler Van Dyke. You know, he had a pretty lackluster year, you know, last year. Um, but again, flip a coin for half their games because you never know which, which Miami you're going to get. Week to week. It's funny you say that because as you, as you're saying all that, I'm like looking at last year's schedule. Like you could not be more spot on, Clint, because they lose the A and they okay. I'm just gonna go through the whole, well, not the whole thing, but you play Bethune Cookman, terrible team, but you you drop 70 on them. That's a good start to a season. You beat Southern Miss. You lose the A and M by eight points. Then you lose the Middle Tennessee by 14. The very next week you lose the North Carolina by three, and then you beat Vatech. You beat Virginia. You get stomped out by Florida State 45-3. You lose a Clemson forty to ten. You lose a Pittsburgh forty two to sixteen. Yeah, like, I don't know what's gonna happen. You can't lose the Middle Tennessee by fourteen points as the coach of Miami football. Like, you just can't do it. Nope. Like, I, you're gonna struggle in the conference. Okay, I get that he's creating his culture, but that is not gonna go over well with recruits when you're trying to throw up the U and throw up the turnover chain and all this, 
and you got and you're losing the middle Tennessee by 14. Like, come on, bro. Like, what are we doing? Dude, I feel exactly. like the fans are wringing their hands every week because they, they go through this roller coaster ride. They're like, man, do we could destroy this team we're about to play or we could get a bear on national TV. Like, it's got to be wild to be a Miami fan right now. They've been and, saying that since they won the Natty in 03, bro. It's been the yeah. same thing since 2003. They have been saying the same thing. Dude, like, dedicated if nothing else, man. They are they are loyal. But God, I mean, dude, it's, it is weird to watch Miami football right now. Yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, if I was a betting man, Maybe I'm occasionally. I would not be betting on really any of their games. At least not a bet. God no, one. dude. I would lose so much money on their games. <laughs> exactly. Jesus. I think you're uh, right on with it with the Clint Light too. He's he's such a good recruiter, but when it comes to coaching, he just hasn't proven it. So yeah, I, I do hope that. Like you were saying, JC. I hope I kind of hope they give him some time. Like, let's actually see if he can do it. If he can, you know, turn Miami around and have them playing for ACC titles and knocking on the door. Well, hell, we're going to a 12 team playoff. So playing in the playoff, you know, in the years to come. So I, I hope at least we he gets a fair shot. And even if this year's kind of rough, let's give him a few years to get all of his guys in there. You have everything set up the way he likes. So we'll see. Right. Well, I know a, a lot of our conversation and well, really college football in general has been transfer portal related. Um, and I'll, this team is nothing different. So um, NC State, they lose Devin Leary. He transferred over to Kentucky. Clint, how does that team look without him? Is it are are they okay with with who they have coming in? Um, were they going to struggle anyways? What's their team look like having Devin Leary out, which obviously is is huge. But how are they looking post the Devin Leary era? Yeah, I, honestly, and this is kind of the inverse on Miami, right? So Miami being the volatile team, where any given Saturday, there's no telling what you're going to get with NC State. I feel like it's kind of the opposite. I think you have a team that's you kind of know what you're going to get every single week, and I. They actually had one of the better defenses in the nation last year. Um, I think it was the top in the ACC. They had a really good defense, and it was really under the radar. Um, so, yeah, I don't think, you know, losing Leary, obviously a great player. But there you go. boy, Reload. Um, just like NC State's going to have to do a quarterback. That I, I don't think... <laughs> you like that? Um, I don't think... Uh, can y'all hear me, by the way? Yes. Okay. It was so quiet. That was the quietest pour I've ever heard in my life. Um, yeah, I, I think they're still going to do what they always did and rely on that defense. Um, it, they, I did, they do get Brennan Armstrong, I think is his name. Uh, they have him coming in. I, they, they have uh, Jordan Houston and their wide receiver, Keon Lassane, return. They're still going to have some offense. I think they're going to be kidding. It, they never really relied on that too much anyway. So again, in, in the ACC, in my eyes, you kind of split up into these three tiers where you have you have Clemson and Florida State at the top. We'll get to them later, but you kind of have like Boston College and uh, you know Georgia Tech at the bottom, and then in the middle, dude, it's a crapshoot, man. You could mix and match any way you want. It's it would all make sense. Um, and I feel like NC State is kind of obviously in that middle tier, and I would say upper upper middle tier. Um, I you know I. Are they going to be, you know, upsetting anybody? I don't, maybe. I, I really don't see them having a crazy year. Um, but again, I don't think it's going to be too different from how they've been playing before. They're going to really lean on that defense um, that's led by Tony Gibson, their defensive coordinator there. And uh, I think they'll use that to allow Brennan Armstrong to get comfortable, get settled in, and find some offense. So. 
No, I totally agree because um, Brendan Armstrong reminds me of like Tyler Van Dyke. The first year Tyler Van Dyke down there in Miami, he lit it up. He looked like he was going to be, you know, the next guy coming up in the ACC and stuff. He was going to lead Miami to something big. And Brendan Armstrong was lighting it up in Virginia two years ago. And he kind of just kind of went off last year and didn't really, I mean, Virginia as a whole didn't, and we'll get to them later. But um, I expect big things from him this year. Um, and like I said, NC State's been known for defense, but it's it's about time they, they kind of get something rolling on the offensive side. So, um, And the the beginning of their schedule, actually, it, it looks pretty nice for them. The, the only spot I really see, obviously, would be an issue is Notre Dame week two. But here, here's how their schedule starts out. They got UConn, Notre Dame, VMI, which I make a lot. Who, who is VMI? That's Virginia, Virginia Military Institute. Uh, learn something. So the they're in like the same conference as like Charleston Southern and UNC Asheville. Got you. Them. Okay. So UConn, Notre Dame, VMI, Virginia, Louisville, Marshall. You know that's that's their the beginning of their season. And if you know, again, Notre Dame week two, you might be able to sneak one there. And if you do, you're you're looking at a what one two three four five six and zero start. I mean, at worst, I would think maybe five and one. I won't say at worst anything can happen, but five and one is a really realistic start to their schedule. And you kind of need that because then you get into Duke, Clemson, Miami, Wake Forest, and then Virginia Tech and North Carolina at the end there. So yeah, I think it's going to be one of the teams that start strong and they're going to need those wins. Um, And hopefully by then they have their offense kind of figured out and Brendan Armstrong's leading them to scoring enough to where their defense can just hold on and they'll have a pretty good season. Yeah. I mean, they, they don't lose to Maryland in the bowl game last year. They're a nine-win team, and I'd say a fairly quiet nine-win team. I know they had a little more, um, not a spotlight, but some more eyes were on them with Devin Leary being there, so it might be a little different with him being gone, but at the same time, it might be better for them. Less eyes looking at him, let Brennan Armstrong do his thing and let them go mm-hmm. under the radar. But I'm with you, dude. I don't see why going into the, to the Clemson game, they played Duke right before that, so I know Jacob's high on Duke, but we'll see. Like, I mean, they might be, like you said, five and two or six and whatever going into the Clemson game, it's going to be interesting. So yeah. I think, uh, I don't think there's any, why they shouldn't be expected to win eight games. Like, I don't think it's going to be much of a surprise. Like, no, I, I, I think you're spot on. I think they're going to have a, a solid season like they tend to have, and they'll definitely be bowling in my opinion. So. Yeah. And that comment you made about how quietly they could add a nine win season. That's how a lot of the ACC, ACC is, mm-hmm. but not a whole lot of people see that. Well, but you quietly win nine games, but you loudly lose to, you know, South Carolina and Tennessee. So it just depends on which way you look at it. <laughs> Honestly, it's like a mathematical mystery because it's like somehow all of the ACC in that middle rung just wins like seven, eight games. They all go bold, and you're like, how does how does that math even work out? They all play each other, but somehow they, right. you know, it works out to where that's how it finishes so it's gonna be fun to watch i think uh i'm i'll enjoy watching Brendan armstrong I, you know i like to see him do good we'll see oh, yeah. we'll see what happens i uh i will say like just the acc probably is one of like the deepest conferences as far as just like solid teams like i don't know if you have one just I mean, and i know we're gonna get to it just like one truly awful team like for the most part, they've all been like pretty solid. But speaking of solid, um, <laughs> yeah. surprisingly, finished <clears throat> nine and four last year. Um, uh, the old Pittsburgh Panthers. 
big fan of their like new throwback jerseys they wear now post the other stuff but um they got a quarterback coming in who's also played a lot of college football he played two years at notre dame he's from pittsburgh originally like from the area played two years at notre dame played three at boston college um and now he's transferred in for his i guess his sixth year um of college football covid year helped him out with that so he's coming in give him some experience man this is a team that's won 20 games the last two years including the acc championship in 2021 so Definitely don't get talked about a lot. Definitely not a team that I really have on my radar. Um, obviously, with Kenny Pickett, they kind of did kind of get into the national spotlight there for a little bit. But I also th- I think a team that's like, going to be sneaky good. Um, their schedule, they do play Cincinnati and West Virginia week two and three. So some non-conference games that I would say aren't the easiest. North Carolina, Vautech, Louisville. They do play Notre Dame, Florida State. Um so I would say maybe not quite the gauntlet as some other teams, but I would say it's not the easiest schedule either as far as the conference goes. Um, from your perspective, Jacob, I know you guys have had run-ins with Pitt um, in the past when you guys were running through your national championship, some things like that. How do you see them? Are Like I said, I'm not an ACC guy, so like they're kind of under my radar. Are they perceived as a threat in the ACC? Are they kind of under the radar? How is it looking from your perspective as a Clemson fan? Well, I mean, yes, they are. Definitely a threat in the ACC. Um, from kind of to switch it up on you, the outsider's perspective is kind of like they're the equivalent of North Carolina. Um, they, I mean, they play for ACC championships recently, but they're like NC State, Clint. Like they've got a really good defense, and they haven't been known for really pushing the ball down the field until they got Kenny Pickett. Um, but now without Kenny Pickett, I don't know how much they're going to be doing that. Um, they've always been a threat. That's kind of like when I was talking about earlier, been looking back at the Clemson schedule, like I'd, I'd circle Florida State back when they were good. I'd circle Pitt, and I'd probably, not before this, but I'd circle North Carolina now. So Pitt was like one of the strong shoes. They've always been known for the uh, defensive line. I mean, Aaron Donald came from there. I mean, my gosh, that's all you got to say. So, yes, they, they, I've always looked at them as like a very formidable opponent. And they don't have, like I said, I mean, they got to play Notre Dame, which, by the way, can we just put Notre Dame in the darn ACC at this point? Because I feel like every team we've ever said and talked about the schedule, they'd be like, yeah, we got Notre Dame in there. And yeah. I, said, I was like, darn, another team with them. They like their independent TV deal too much. They don't, they don't want to do it. All about the money, man. I will say the they money. do have – they lost like seven guys on defense to the NFL, so definitely um, a lot of people to replace in that regard. Um, they're off to line. Four players on that line have at least five years of college football. So <laughs> I would say whether 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 it's quality college football or not, I mean you're playing in the ACC. Like that's a that's a long time. That's a lot of years to have on the O line. So I would think any any quarterback coming in that makes you feel better, right? You got guys that have been around and have mm, seen all yeah. the different defenses and all the whatever coordinators and all the looks. Like I would just think as a transfer guy coming in, and you tell me all these guys have played at least five years. Like feel a little bit better, a little bit more comfortable. Um, with what's going on so dude, i'm kind of excited to, to after kind of diving in this team to kind of keep my eye on them and see how they how they fare this year especially if they get through cincinnati west virginia north carolina like that would be they're going to kind of shake some things up in the acc and maybe like people start talking about them i mean obviously right now it's clemson florida state north carolina but i think this team is gonna surprise some people at least from my point of view maybe maybe not a surprise to some people that are in this acc world all the time but We'll see. Yeah. I don't think I'm quite as high maybe as you are, and I'm not low on them. I just, I think, they're, like we were mentioning before, I think they're just going to be, in my opinion, a solid middle-of-the-road ACC team. 
that it's going to be bowling and they'll turn a page over the next year. I think Pat Narduzzi does a decent job reloading the team. So I, I don't, I don't think they're going to fall off at all. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they're really going to shake up anything. I could be wrong. Um, right. They're yeah. over under six and a half. So that's like, like you said, there's a good chunk of the middle of the ACC yeah. that's right there. at yeah. top 500. So. I definitely would slam the over on that. Kind of going by what Clint said, man, like, the ACC, there's so much parity. Like, like you said, all these teams made the bowl game. So it's like, I feel like in almost half of these games, it's like a toss up. Like, I don't know if mm. they're going to beat Wake Forest or Louisville or Vatech or North Carolina or Syracuse. But if they beat all of them, I wouldn't be surprised. So it's kind of like it, there, everyone seems to be kind of like in the same stratosphere until you get up to the North Carolinas and the Clemsons of the league that like them winning. Easily, I think should win six games. Like I know they lost a lot of people, but I, I would take them over some other teams that were projected seven or eight for sure. Right. And did you yeah. say their quarterback name earlier? Yeah. So it's Phil uh, Jerkovic. Jerkovic. How I don't know how you say it. Um, which I want to give you props on saying DJ's last name earlier. You said that quite well. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even going to try to say this guy's name, but yeah, Phil Jerkovic. Yeah, because they had Keaton Slovis last year, and he didn't really just like he did at USC. He didn't really play too well last year so uh, right. surprising with that you know senior offensive line i mean you can call these guys the pittsburgh super seniors i mean goodness six years and stuff so like Tell you what and those it, are the kind of teams eight. too that end up winning like a lot of games and you're like jesus how is this happening was, oh it's a bunch of old men playing They're, they've got the playbook <laughs> memorized right yeah. right this should be fun to watch exactly <laughs> so I will continue defending the ACC by, like you said earlier, about how I'm high on Duke. And the next team we got is is Duke, which actually, I hope I surprised y'all with a couple of these stats. Um, they actually finished 26th in the nation. Um, you normally don't see past the 25 top-ranked teams. You normally see like these other teams receiving votes. So um, they finished 9-4 and four for record-wise, but they finished ranked 26th in the nation, which surprises me. And for us this year, Mike Elko's squad has 17 uh, returning starters, nine on the offense and eight on the defense. Wow. I saw your eyebrows. That's right. I'm, I'm going to get you going here. Yeah, I'm surprised. Um, dude, I know. Their over-under is only six and a half, which is surprising. Hammer um, the I, over. I Yes. Based on everything I've said so far, I would hammer the over. But um, they play Clemson, um, Notre Dame, got NC State at Florida State. Wake Forest at Louisville at North Carolina and Pitt to finish the year. Um, so as far as ACC schedules go, that's, that's a decently a strong one, right? So I think that's why they're at six and a half. Um, but I just wanted to tell you, I've talked about the reason why Duke has been, you know, I think they should be respected more than they are is because of Riley Leonard. Um, I'd, I'd implore y'all to look up like a top five or a top 10, like just the quarterback rankings of who's, you know, coming out for his next year for the NFL draft. Riley Leonard's in like the top five of most of those. Um, and you normally think of like, you know, Kayla Williams and then Drake May. And then you think about, you know, Michael Penix Jr. And, and all these other guys, but then Riley Leonard shows up and you're like, who? Um, Cause last year he threw for right at 3000 yards, 2,967 yards, 20 touchdowns, six picks. And you were talking earlier about, um, uh, Drizzy Drake May running for 600, right at 700 yards. He ran for 699 yards, uh, 13 touchdowns. So he's got that dual threat kind of deal too. And he's just a bigger dude. That's why I think he's such a, a nice NFL prospect. Um, 
And I think he's got design play calls for him because he's ran he ran 124 times last year too. Um, so he was only an honorable mention for all AC all ACC last year, but I guarantee you he's projected to be at least second team this coming year. Um, so but for is what they got coming back. I mean, they got like I said, most guys coming back, but they have a first team all ACC offensive tackle coming back. It's gonna be Riley Leonard's best friend. Um, they got an all first team all ACC defensive tackle Dwayne Carter um, coming back too. So this team's going to be dangerous. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be. They did have a, a decent year last year. Um, I, I do think their schedule was a little bit easier last year than it will be this year. It's almost like uh, Duke is kind of the inverse of what Louisville is going to be this year, where Louisville is maybe not that great of a team, but the schedule is kind of favorable. Whereas I think Duke is a pretty solid team, but man, they they go that's a that's a long schedule, and it, it doesn't look like they have many breaks in between. So week in week out, they're just gonna you know have to be grinding it out with these. I, I guarantee these close games. Um, it it's it's gonna suck for them because I think it's gonna hurt them as far as rankings and stuff like that. They're gonna drop one here and there. I do think they are a good team, though, and it definitely one of those teams to watch out for to be upset in some of these top dogs in ACC because they're they're definitely not a bad team at all. Like you mentioned, um, it, it's it, I could be wrong. They might they might win a bunch of games, uh, but I think with that schedule, it's just going to be kind of tough to week in week out show up, um, especially with some of these offenses that the ACC is producing right now. So yeah, we'll have to see. Well, that's right. why I'm excited about this first week of the season because we're going to get the like. Again, you can like preface it with saying, "What's well, the first week?" Like maybe not all everything's wrinkled out, like ironed out yet. But I mean, you got um, LSU, Florida State that Sunday. Obviously, we already talked about South Carolina, North Carolina, but then you got Clemson and Duke playing on Monday night to start the season. Like we're gonna find out real quick, either how good Clemson is, how good Duke is, like whatever the case may be. I'm so excited, just like. We're not gonna have to wait around till week six to figure out if Duke's good. Like we're gonna figure it out week one, and we're gonna know very quickly. Right. So hopefully, and that's uh, on like a standalone Monday night game. And that's what I was saying. I was telling y'all boys in the other podcast is like I'm not necessarily scared of Duke. Like I'm playing, you know, Georgia from last year or something. But to play on a Monday night first game of the year, both teams have had a lot of time to prepare, you know, and they have a lot, a lot of returning production. So like. It is in Durham, North Carolina. Like that's just a little, you know. Clemson's been known for the verb Clemsoning over years mm-hmm. past, you know. So this could be the first one. And if we start off on a loss, like that's kind of a a rough little beginning. And like I said, their defense too. I, I, I was looking this stuff up. I was surprised to see they only gave up twenty two points per game last year because I was just thinking of like Riley Leonard's really good. You know, that's the only reason they were good last year. But they went nine and four for a reason. They had the thirty first best defense in the nation. Um. So that's just kind of whatever. But the thing is, their defense may take a step back because they they lost their top two tacklers in Darius Joyner and Shaka Hayward. Um, but I mean, still, they're going to be a nightmare probably for for any any ACC team, not just Clemson. I would say too. I mean, I'm looking at the last year's schedule. They lost four games. The combined total sixteen points. And one of that was an eight point loss. The rest were like two, three, and two. And that includes North Carolina. That includes. Georgia Tech, not as impressive. Kansas, who had a good little run last year, and then Pittsburgh. So, Are I we mean, believing yet? I don't know if we're believing yet. I think, it, again, it's <laughs> like what I touched on earlier with Pitt. It's like they could beat all of these teams, and like it really wouldn't surprise me, right? Maybe besides like Clemson and North Carolina, but like 
they've obviously proven they can do it. If not, they're very close. So, and I don't know what their like recruiting cost looks like as far as incoming freshmen or impact freshmen. But like you said, you got a lot of guys coming back. Riley Leonard, Riley Leonard is a threat running the ball, throwing the ball. Like, dude, this might be an exciting team to watch. And uh, like, like I said, I'm just, I'm just ready for that week one matchup, man. We'll, we'll find out. Do y'all happen to know what the spread is on that game right now for Duke and Clemson? I do not actually. I have to look it up. I mean, I'll get, I'll just, get back. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, that's going to be a big first week. Um, uh, it's it would be fun and, to watch Riley Leonard as well. It will because, like I said, they've got a lot of pr- returning production, but specifically four out of five linemen back, just kind of like Clemson. Um, and both of their starting running backs return, and they both combined for over a thousand yards and twelve touchdowns last year, along with Riley Leonard's rushing. So, this is going to be a, a dangerous team. Yep, returning eight on defense. I mean, yep, it's, yeah, they're going to be good. Who we got next there, Jago? We have the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Clint, what you got with them? Do they suck? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. As they should after <laughs> they quarterback left. I'm sure they do. I mean, it's, you know, I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's like wash, rinse, repeat with this this big middle tier in the ACC. Um, they, they start off pretty easy with their schedule, I'd have to say. That, so they got Elon and then Vanderbilt, Old Dominion, Georgia Tech. That's the first four games of the year. So, I mean, that's that's a favorable start for a Wake Forest team that's, you know, pretty good defensively and uh, just a solid team all the way around. Um, I think they'll be a bowl team again. That obviously they don't have Sam Hartman anymore, but uh, this Mitch Griffiths uh, apparently uh, a lot of people around the community are really high on him. Um, in his small sample size last year, at forty one pass attempts, but seventy percent completion, five touchdowns, and one interception. So. Um, He's not a very big guy, but from what I'm hearing, he's he's pretty talented. Um, they only return three starters on defense, so that kind of sucks. But they do get defensive end uh, Jasheen Davis back, who's looking to have a really big year this year, really good defensive end. Um, again, just one of those middle teams that are not great, definitely not terrible. And uh, again, with that, the beginning uh, of their schedule this, this year, it, I, I would think they'd, they'd be 4-0. Vanderbilt, Eh, it's kind of scary just the way Vanderbilt's trending. Um, uh, but I think 4 0, and then you have Clemson week five. But after that, you, you go back to Virginia, uh, Virginia Tech, and then Pittsburgh. And then from there, it's Florida State, Duke, NC State, Notre Dame, Syracuse. That's actually a brutal end of the year. So if they are going to go bowling, it, you, they better win them games in the beginning of the year. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I'm really interested. To see what this Mitch Griffiths looks like, um, especially just because we we haven't seen much of him at all. So, just another one one of those teams, man, where the portal just hurts you, man. Yeah, I think if the portal wasn't there, Hartman's still going to stay there. I know I I watched a recent interview with the coach, and he said they've had like four or five guys offered like between fifty and one hundred fifty thousand dollars a leave. He didn't Jeez. specifically mention those players, but whoever those players he was talking about have stayed at the program, but. When you when you lose a guy like Hartman, who I think was like a three star recruit coming in and played as well as he did, and kind of you know, I, I think it was like back in probably two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Wake Forest actually had some like ranked teams. Mm. I was a Riley Skinner was their quarterback years ago, and they actually were like 
having some decent teams, but that's been like a good eight, nine, ten years. So with him, I was like, man, Wake Forest is kind of on the map. Kind of what you know Jacob was alluding to, and I was half joking about was like, yeah, let's finally get some like tough teams in the ACC. Even though they've already they've always been like a quarterback league, like they've had good quarterbacks. Mm. But then like now he's off to Notre Dame. And it's like now it's like all right, well, where do we go from here? That was our guy. So it'll mm. be interesting when you know, yeah, the portal you can bring in a lot of guys, but at the same time you might lose you're like the main guy so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of recover from that that's true but dave clausen's been a quarterback whisperer i mean having sam Hartman, like you said the other quarterback like he's been known to kind of no okay next guy cool yeah let's bring him in he's gonna be a, a really good guy so i mean he's they, they should be all right that offense has been going nuts the past couple of years yeah i mean i think they'll be okay it, it's a lot of this is going to be let's wait and see like let's let's not hit the panic button it always sucks when you lose a really good quarterback it always hurts but it's going to happen and with Dave Clawson and them they're going to figure it out it's not the end of the world just wait and see let it play out you'll you'll be bowling come the come the end of the year so uh, I'm not too worried about Wake Forest well Speaking of bowling, I'm going to give you guys a run on a team that will not be bowling. <laughs> That's going to be Votek. Um, they go 3-8 and eight last year, 1-6 and six in the ACC. Um, granted, it's Brent Price first year, but man, they got 12 returning starters, 5 on offense, 5 on defense, they're kicker and punter. Their offensive line is like a joke. It's a problem. Like the probably biggest concern on this team. Mm. Um. Grant Wells is a senior. He played last year, 59% completion percentage, 2,100 yards, nine touchdowns, nine interceptions. It's not anything spectacular, serviceable. It's just going to be one of those things, man, where it's like they haven't made a lot of big splashes. It's a coach's second year. You kind of got to work with what you got, and you hope that those guys that did play last year like step up and you develop them because just kind of from what I'm seeing, man, like granted, you open up with Old Dominion, then you, you do play Purdue and Rutgers. They're kind of still... They're playing some like Big Ten teams, um, and then you got Pittsburgh, Florida State, Syracuse, Louisville. They honestly don't really have that tough of an ACC schedule. You don't play North Carolina, you don't play Clemson, um, you play Florida State, and that's probably their toughest matchup. So, like, they win like four or five games. Like, that's probably going to be maybe more just because of their schedule. But I would say I don't know what the uh, what the books say there, Jacob, but. I, if it was me, I would say like five over under five. Is you're it pretty four? good at what you you're pretty good at what you do because it's five. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, I would I would probably take five. Like I'm just gonna push right at five and keep it there. I'm gonna so, do that from now on. I'm just gonna look at all the lines and stuff like that and be like, oh, I definitely didn't look at this, but what is it like five and a half? Exactly. I'm not the bet guy. Exactly. Weird. That was pretty good. I'm not the bet. I haven't seen his notes. He's like an hour, <laughs> two hours away from me. Yeah. And speaking of lines, Duke is a 12 and a half point underdog. Oh, and, yeah. I, I pulled that well, up. Uh, oh, it's 12 and a half now. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's what I saw. Is that surprising to you guys or is that like where it should be? I was thinking maybe like 10. I was thinking, yeah, 10, like right at 10, maybe, but that's, yeah, that's fine. I, I'm fine with that. First game well, of the season, you, I'd probably hitting? take. First game of the season, I might. Uh, that's. Mm, I want to take the points and Duke, but like. Clemson's right. capable of scoring a lot of points. But 12 seems just for the first game of the year. And like, I honestly would probably, as a Clemson, so. I'd probably take Duke. Like, I would take Clemson, but like Duke with the points. 
Clemson can win outright, but I'd have Duke keeping it yeah. within 12 and a half. That, this first game of the year, that they have so much returning. Duke, like I've heard from their coach, like they've circled this game ever since the schedule came out. Like they want a chance on a Monday night national broadcast, like to really prove to the world, hey, we're real. You know, we're here. So I would probably take Duke. But anyway, yeah, not 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 to take away from the Virginia Tech powerhouse team that we were talking about. They don't have a lot there that we have to take away. So yeah, once you get once we get to like Virginia Tech and lower in this, like the teams that are left are not not that outstanding. Yeah, I don't know, man. We're gonna go away. Wait till we get to Boston College. I got some interesting tidbits. You got some? Okay. I mean, I don't know how good the team's gonna be. I just got some good info. That's all. Uh, well, we'll move. That you, the, you, you didn't look up the line that you're going to nail directly again, I'm sure. I didn't, but I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. And, I'm like, ooh. I think the line on Boston College is probably five games, too. It's five uh, and a half. Oh, dude, see, and you hey. had it, but you didn't want to you, you hit five and a half directly. That ain't it. That ain't the line. Suspect. I can't even nope. see them. Oh, I can't nope. see the lines. Hey, look, uh, man, this is a professional podcast, okay? You're right. Dude, you're yeah. good at what you do. My bad. <laughs> I wish I would get well, paid for it. Yeah. We'll uh, get there one day, but we'll keep moving along with uh, the Syracuse Orange. Kind of crank out these last couple Deuce. teams. Cause, cause hmm. Like I said, there's not a whole lot of promise here with these last couple teams. Um, Syracuse was 7-6 and six last year. Um, they're returning 13 starters, 5 on the offense, 8 on the defense. Um, they do return their you know, best quarterback they've had in a few years, Garrett, Garrett Schrader. Um, he's a true dual threat. Um, he he's runs all over you as well as hits you down the field too. So, but um, they lost the biggest issues. They lost their, their best player, Sean Tucker. That man's going to be somewhere on an NFL team. I forgot where he got drafted or if he got drafted, but he, he was a, a runner. He, he was a hard nose runner. He'd run you right over. Um, he did that to Clemson for several years. Uh, when I'd play, when we used to play Syracuse, I'd, that's the guy I'd worried about, not the quarterback, not Garrett Schrader. It was Sean Tucker. Um, so losing him hurts a lot. But uh, actually, their best player now is going to be the the tight end from last year, who's now moved to wide receiver, Oronde Gadsden the second. Um, he was first team All ACC last year, and he's actually now that he's moved to wide receiver, uh, projected to be a top ten wide receiver in the draft. He's six five. 215. That's why they moved him to wide receiver. He can kind of play either, especially in college. He could probably play tight end. That's what he did last year at 215. Um, but he runs a 4540. That's blazing for a tight end. So that's why they that's moved him to quick. wide receiver. It is. So, but last year he had 61 receptions for 975 yards and six touchdowns. I definitely see those numbers going sky high from that, um, especially with no Sean Tucker there. But, um, they uh, lost for his defense. They lost their two top corners to the transfer portal. Um, Deuce Chestnut had 40 tackles at one pick, and Jihad Carter had 36 and three picks, which three picks was the most on the team. So um, they're probably their their problem is going to be defense defense this year. Um, their over under is set at uh, six, six and a half. Let's go! I said six. I looked sick, at their I'm schedule. It, I just looked I'm at their schedule. I just looked at their schedule. I was like one, two, three, four. Ooh, struggle. Five, six. Exactly. Um, right, let's go. Let's so go. At, at North clip Carolina, at, Somebody at clip Florida that. State, back-to-back <laughs> weeks, like that's going to be tough. Um, but, other, I mean, Clemson – I'm sorry, Clemson, and then at North Carolina, then at, at Florida State. That's going to be a tough three-week stretch if God, they survive dude, that's that. that's awful. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. I wanted I was gonna touch on that, but I was gonna let you rant mm-hmm. and rave. And I know. You were like, yeah, Syracuse. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Like Scared these teams a little bit. Their, their, their offense is average 27 points last year. Defense was given up 23, which is 41st in the nation. So these, the rest of these teams are kind of average. It would, it'd take a, so, you know, like a, a freshman coming in that we'd never heard of to kind of step up and play big for this team to kind of make it anywhere this year, unfortunately. Did y'all remember Syracuse last year when they, they started 6 and 0? Oh, and yeah. it was, like whoa, okay, Syracuse, and then the wheels absolutely fell off, and it was weird watching that happen. Um, yeah, I, Dino Babers, that's he. He's got some weird teams sometimes, and they almost beat Clemson. It was just like what? Yeah, I, Syracuse that is giving Clemson a hard time. Team. Yeah, it is. That's why I say I feared Sean Tucker. I didn't fear Garrett Schrader. It mm-hmm. was just Sean Tucker. But um, I yeah, wish I lived in team. your world. Be nice. Be less stressful. My weeks would go go by way better. So I got to worry about Brock Bowers and twenty seven year old Stetson Bennett's and Alabama's, and I don't really worry about Tennessee anymore. But is that why to. your your bourbon collection is so extensive? It's just getting through SEC football every year. <laughs> Correct. I would say, <laughs> yeah, I would say, yeah, that's probably the only reason why. Yeah. Well, how about I'm another over? Go ahead, go ahead. What's up? I was just gonna make a joke saying I'm going over the uh, amount of bourbons drink drank maybe three or four per game going well, dude, over it's like that. so the last time me and jc talked it was like he liked beer or something he was like into like craft beer and then i turn around and he's like this bourbon snob and he's like yeah swishing his bourbon in my face i was like who who is this guy man just all class yeah he just keeps, suddenly calls me telling me dude i've waited in line for like an hour and a half to get this special bourbon i'm like whoa dude oh, well, who yeah. are you Dude, if that if, only if it happens, stinks and it's got alcohol in it, I'll drink it. I don't care. Yeah, I'm about to say, dude, you're not picky no. at all. <laughs> but don't worry, guys. I'm I'm here to share. Um, and when Clemson inevitably loses a game to a mediocre ACC team, I will have a bottle just for you, Jacob. Oh, dude, appreciate it. Speaking of uh, mediocre teams, how about that Georgia Tech? <laughs> what a transition! I love it. I love it. Oh, that was good, dude. That might have been the. I thought we had some earlier good transitions. That might have been the best one. <laughs> there you go. The problem How's is we can't clip any of it because then we're talking about our transitions. We're like, we're like amazing transition. Then we're like, dude, that was sick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey. a hard edit. Hard. Edit. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's it's gonna funny. be the choppiest clips ever. Uh, yeah, Georgia, Georgia Tech. I mean, they're mediocre. Might be a strong word. Uh, although I'm not as down as a lot of people may be. Uh. They they finished the year four and four last year, so it it's not all gloom and doom for them. I don't think Brent Key, head coach, they do overhaul the staff. Um, they return five on offense. They they lose their quarterback Jeff Sims to Nebraska, but they they have Haynes King, that previous four star um, quarterback out of that was a transfer from A and M. Yeah, um, and he's coming into battle. I think his last name was uh, Prime Zach Prime. So uh, they, they do have something quarterback wise at least some competition to where they can find something that works for them um and then they get six back on defense six starters and uh but they do have to replace keon white um but they still got lamiles brooks who had 52 tackles and three interceptions as a sophomore last year so again it it, it, it's georgia tech it's not super pretty but i do think the way they finished last year um I, i think they have a lot to work with going into this year especially now they have haynes king and 
even if he doesn't win the starter job, that just means you probably had some good quarterback play throughout your, your training camp and you, you were able to select a good QB. Um, they also get Andre White from Texas A&M and uh, Braylon Oliver from Minnesota to transfer. And so I, it's again, it's a, we're talking about Georgia Tech here. Uh, when, I, when I talk about the tiers of the ACC, I, I don't know if I, I'm quick to put Georgia Tech at the bottom tier because uh, I do think they have a little bit to work with. It's some growing pains. It's not going to look pretty all the time. But, I, you know, they're not, they're definitely not the worst team in the ACC. So um, we'll, we'll see how they do. We'll see how they start the season. Well, it, it's, it's very interesting with Georgia Tech because I see that this is the coach's, what, first year, I believe? Mm hmm. That's going to be there because you think about how long Paul Johnson was there, right? And they ran the triple option for years and years and years. And then I'm not sure who followed up, but you think about all those recruits that you had on the team, right? For years, mm-hmm. all the recruits that you were like going after into that year until he retires. So now you got to get out of you, all these players that are on your roster, right? Are all like built for the triple option. And now all the recruits that you've targeted are built for the triple option. Mm-hmm. Now you get a new coach that came in a few years back to try to change this up, change the spread. I think they're still, I could be wrong. I think that's still probably affecting the team and the coach. One, because people probably still think that's what they do. And two, like you're still probably phasing out some of these guys or, or trying to, to get away from that like culture and mindset. So, you know, I feel like they're like Georgia Tech fans, like they, I mean, they have history of success, right? You've had good players. You've had Calvin Johnson. Like, you've had good guys. Um, and being right there in Atlanta, like, it's a strong sports town. So I think that they could be one of those teams that could get to the middle of the pack and maybe a little higher. I don't I don't really see them as, like, a perennial ACC team, really, maybe ever. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still maybe just tough to get back. You, you've ran that same offense or that same scheme for so long. Like, you, you've got to get the right guys in. Um mm-hmm. But I mean, at this point, it's been year. It's been at least four or five years. So you know, maybe we should be past it. Well, I think too is again with years past. You know, with the triple option and whatnot, you kind of had to rely on a good defense. And right. they finished twelfth in ACC in defense last year. So uh, not going to cut it. Yeah, that's not when you have a team like that where you're not an offensive powerhouse. Well, you better have a good defense. If you don't, it's going to be long year after year after year until you get it figured out. So I think that's going to be, you know, we talk a lot about the offense and then moving away from the triple option and all this and that, but figure out the defense. That way you're, you're at least in some games. It's you don't have to score 40 points to, to win one. Um, I, I don't think their schedule is super favorable. They start off with Louisville. So I don't see them winning that game, but then they got SEC state and then they play old miss and then wake Forest. So then they got Bowling green. And then the last bit of the year is going to be kind of rough just because they have Miami. They do get Boston College, then North Carolina, Virginia, Clemson, Syracuse, and of course, Georgia. So um, it's just going to be one of those grindy type years because the, the wins that they, they should get are kind of mixed in between some of those doozies. Um, so, yeah, let, just get that defense figured out. Keep yourself into some games. Hopefully you can figure out your offense. You got two quarterbacks that are duking it out trying to trying to win the spot. Um, and hang in there. I, I don't think it's the end of the world. It, like I said, they're they're definitely not the worst in the ACC, and I I think they'll be okay. So is there JC, is there over under at four? I was gonna ask you if you could guess again. Four and a half. <laughs> Dude, this man. This man. Listen, I need, need like multiple cameras to show what you're looking at. Cause I'm, I'm <laughs> I'll zoom out, honestly. man. I'll at this zoom point, out. it was funny at first. Now I'm just pissed off. <laughs> and all these lines are like uh, Caesar Sportsbook, like they're legit lines. Like I will put my Venmo in the comments. 
Mm. Just, or maybe I'll just send it to you, Clint. We'll just work with that. My one yep. thing is, how do y'all think that Haynes King's going to do? Because, JC, I remember you and me went to the Carolina A&M game last year. And from what I remember, I mean, we y'all y'all won that game. But I remember Haynes King came in and he kind of like, I remember he threw some dots. Like, he, had, he has an arm. How is that going to fit with Georgia Tech? Yeah, when he came in, it was like at the end of the game. So I don't know if it was because like maybe we had like went soft coverage or just the I, I couldn't I forgot who was playing quarterback before that was just not playing well so he just looked really good but yeah I mean, he came in and definitely like, made some throws um look I I would say it's an upgrade from whatever they had in the past I would say like I don't think Haynes King right. is a bad quarterback by any I mean obviously if you're going to A and M like you're you're getting recruited like pretty heavily so definitely an upgrade from what they had last year. We'll see how it translates with the talent or lack thereof that he has around him. So it's going to be interesting. But he's an athlete. I think he can make some things happen. Um, I just think it's a long road ahead for them, man. Like, just it's it's going to be uphill. Yeah, it's going to take several years to get away from the triple option and change the culture there. So yeah, I agree. So we're going to move on to Boston Bo- College, the bottom we- tier. Yeah, we've now yeah, reached we're, the we're, we're definitely at the bottom tier. Um, I don't even think they can beat Northern Illinois their first game of the year. I don't know if Northern Illinois is good like they used to be, but I'm going to go. Um, I think I'm going to go four again with this team. For Boston College? Yeah. Actually, five and a half. Strike one wow. out. Well, <laughs> things happen. Listen, this, <laughs> for not a very good team, man, they got like a lot going on and not necessarily good things. Okay, so maybe the first time I've seen this, they have co-offensive coordinators. They have co-defensive coordinators. Maybe a reason why Phil Jerkovich, whatever his name is, left to go to Pitts because they've this head coach has been there for three years. They've had a different offensive coordinator every single year. Like no stability, no consistency. You have to install every year. Like that's tough on quarterbacks coming in when you have to. You can't even. We can't even build on what we did last year. We got a new install coming in every year. Their quarterback's a 6'5", 245-pound sophomore named Emmett Moorhead. He flashed a little bit at the end. They did beat NC State, which was ranked at the time. They beat him 21-20. I think he threw for like 250 yards. So he's had some flashes. Um, but you're also losing some players, right? So Zay Flowers got drafted in the first round last year. Big receiver target. A lot of, um, a lot of production from him. They've had uh, a transfer come in, though, from Central Florida. His name is Ryan O'Keefe. He had 150 catches over the last two years. So he, he he's a, a like a target magnet, right? Like that that's a lot of catches over two years, especially at USC. Um, I'm sorry, UCF. Another player they have, which um was news to me. He's a senior though. He's five eleven, 185 pounds. His name's Dino Tomlin. He would be Mike Tomlin's son, head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh. I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna put a clip up um on the Instagram page. He made a insane catch um over Clemson last year. I mean, absolutely absurd. Um, I think Clemson was wearing those same orange jerseys you have on now, Jacob. It was what reminded me of it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just Bought a nasty back, catch. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> it. It was a nasty catch, man, but he's an athlete, dude. So, like, they got, like, they got players. Like, it seems like they got athletes, but at the same time, man, like, I just, I don't see it. Um, you only have 10 returning starters, three on offense, five on defense. You're kicking your punter. So, again, kind of the same as with the last team, it's an uphill battle, man. It's just going to be tough when you got new coordinators and all that. Um, before I get to the defense, do you guys have, like, it's just, just definitely going to be a 5-1 team or less? Like, is there anything that's telling you guys they're going to, like, make any strides at all? What do you, uh, 
before you go, Jacob, sorry, real quick. I, I was like, when you said five and a half, I was like, whoa. And then I looked at the schedule. I was like, oh, like, yes, I did the same thing. Right? Yeah. It's definitely not that tough of a schedule. Uh, they got Florida state. Yeah. It's going to be a, uh, most people are losing to Florida state, but other than that, I mean, it, it is not a, a, their next toughest team might be Lou or Syracuse. Like it's probably they, Pitt. Yeah. Maybe Pitt. Uh, it's, uh, they're, they're not playing outside of Florida State. They'll play Clemson. They're not playing Notre Dame. They're not playing North Carolina. So right. uh, I could see why that, that it's up there at five and a half. But if you're asking me to put money on it and I have to go one way or the other, I'm I'm hitting the under. Really? Because I'll name some of these teams. It's Northern Illinois, Holy Cross, uh, at Army, which is kind of hit or miss. Um, Georgia Tech, UConn, which shouldn't be a D1 school anymore. Uh at Syracuse, Virginia Tech, like Miami, like they could easily go right, right over five and a half if they get some things clicking. Um, but I mean, like I said, we're down here in the the trash can of the ACC, so who knows what they'll do. The only other bright spot they have, I'm going to butcher this last name. Its name is Donovan Ezeraku. I had to spell it out how it sounded just to help mm-hmm. me out. But fourth in the ACC last season, eight and a half sacks. So they're going to get some pressure off the edge. It's probably going to just be. That guy's like just like a freak athlete, so that'll be the one good thing they have for him. Um, but other than that, man, I think I would uh, I'd kind of probably be there right at five again, like you said. I don't, Northern Illinois, they've had decent players in the past. If you remember Jordan Lynch, um, probably should have won the Heisman one year with if you looked at the his he had like Johnny Manziel esque stats. Now this is going back like 2013, 2014, but they produce some good athletes. I don't know how they are anymore, but yeah, mm. between that and Holy Cross. Army and UConn, I mean, that's probably four wins right there. If they upset a couple other teams, five or six wins isn't out of the question. But I just don't think, man, they they don't have enough coming back. They don't have anybody in the portal coming in that's really going to make an impact. Um, quarterback's big, so that might help them out as far as staying healthy. But I just uh, I don't see it, man. They got a lot of good athletes, a couple good receivers, but it's going to be tough sledding, I think, in that league. Yeah, that might be a good number right at five. I mean, that, that's, yeah. Again, though, if you're if you're gun to my head, I, I, I'd be tough to hit the over just because I, I don't have a lot of confidence. Uh, could be wrong. It'd be nice to to be proven wrong and have people talking smack to me online. But uh, right now, as I sit here on uh, August thirteenth, I don't see Boston College um, having a great season. So, yeah. Well, the one team that's going to have a worse season <laughs> yeah. is the last team in the ACC, Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, they went three and seven last year, and quickly on a serious note, that adds up ten. The reason why they only played ten games is, if y'all remember correctly, they had a uh, shooting last year, and they had three of their mm-hmm. football players were shot and killed. Unfortunately, another was injured, and another student was injured as well. I think so. Um, they thankfully canceled the rest of the the season. They had Coastal and I think Virginia Tech that they canceled. So um, they did the right thing there. Um, they put up 17 points per game last year that was 126 out of like 131 um tony elliott squad i mean you you had this issue at clemson he he wasn't that explosive of an offensive coordinator there and he's had a a tough time at virginia i kind of feel bad for him because to go to a school any coach and that kind of thing happened is kind of unfortunate but um they only returned nine starters three on the offense six on the defense he had people transfer out left and right whether it's from the coaching or whether it's from the shooting or whatever. Um, it, it's just kind of unfortunate, but they, uh, they did lose out 
like I said, Brandon Armstrong now to NC State. Um, he was their guy for a couple of years, and he showed some flashes a couple of years ago and stuff. But um, they they bring they bring in a guy named Tony Musket. It's a senior transfer out of Monmouth. Mm-hmm. I think that's Division Two. I don't really know. It could be Division yeah, Three. I'm I'm pretty sure they have a pretty like they're like a pretty traditional uh, powerhouse. It, it is D two or D three, but they're normally like in the playoff conversation and whatever um, division they're in. Okay, cool. Um, I mean, he put up decent numbers in 2021 there as a starting quarterback. They went 7-4, and four and he threw for 2,600 yards and 25 touchdowns and six picks. So maybe I, I would believe you. They seems to be decent. So um, I don't know how, how well he'll transfer to the, you know, the speed of Division One, But, you know, he's not going to have any favors playing at Virginia. Um, the other thing is Kobe Pace, the old Clemson running back, actually transferred there. Um, yep. He'll more than likely be the starting running back um, and be backed up by Paris Jones, who was actually their second leading rusher from last year because Brendan Armstrong was their leading rusher from last year. And I want y'all to take a guess as how much how many yards he had as their leading rusher. Brendan Armstrong last year. I'll go three fifty. <laughs> Bro, Clint, what's he got? I don't even want to say now because I, I know he probably just drilled it. <laughs> Stop. Three seventy one, dude. <laughs> in the recording just, i'm fed up yes that's, that's just something else we'll see, right uh, we'll see you next time clint <laughs> yeah. paris jones had 365 so i mean they should be able to run the ball a lot better this year but um other than that they lost two they're they're only the only people they had uh voted to any all acc team they, they lost them two cornerbacks they transferred out so there's not a whole lot of hope in virginia uh for the cavaliers but um We'll see, because their yeah. their over under is only three and a half. I meant to add that too. Wow, didn't even let me get to it yet. Wow, screw you, dude. Thank you, thank wow. you. Because I can't. Wow, you had too many wow. wins. Today. I'm watching wow. his head grow outside dude. of the screen right now. Literally, <laughs> I can't have it. Probably would have been three based on the schedule. Because I don't yeah. even think they're beating James Madison. They're probably gonna beat William and Mary. Oh, for for now, one you gotta you gotta call the halves too. It can't just be three. You got three and a half. You gotta you gotta actually hit it. If you start doing okay. that, dude, I, I legit will rage. I'll start slamming stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 a, it's a tough spot. Yeah. Tough spot for a team that went through a lot, obviously last year. You know, with the tragedy and whatnot. Um, I think they're just going to be happy to be back on the football field and turn the page, start the healing process. If you know that's what helps some people move forward, just get back to what they love, football. So, um, yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Um, but hey, you, you never know. You might have one of those things where these guys are absolutely juiced to be playing football again, and they're playing for their for the brothers that they lost. And it, they maybe they'll sneak somebody. You know, that's it happens every year, man. We we see this all the time. There ain't no way this team's beating this team. And then every year we we see these upsets where you're like, oh my god, and you know this could happen, especially when you have something motivating you, like um, trying to overcome the adversity they had at the end of last year. So. That's why um, we love college football. I, I think we're all Virginia football, fans yeah. after hearing that. That's yeah, right. I mean, and, and to be honest, I did forget about that. And that's, I can't imagine, especially Tony Elliott's first year trying to build a program. You're trying to get guys in and then that kind of, you know, for, for, for the right reasons is, is going to be at the forefront of not only the football program, but the university and, and then the nation as a whole. So coming, from, coming back from that is going to be big. Um, but I will say just strictly talking football, like, they they very well might start zero and four. Like they play Tennessee, and they play James Madison. James Madison is a FCS 
like powerhouse or has been in the like so i don't know man it's gonna be a tough year for them um as far as bringing guys in i i don't think i would put tony elliott on the hot seat yet because i think that last year situation is probably like a wash right like that's just like a something you can't predict and mm. it's just something that's you know so random and so just you can't quantify that as far as from a coaching perspective um but i think he's going to have this year and next year and if he doesn't start turning around or get some recruits it's going to be a very short-lived head coaching kind of gig for him mm. like i think he had i think he had good years as the offensive coordinator at clemson i know he kind of shared duties at the same time now i don't know what he did as a recruiter there because no offense, I could have called plays when they had Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence probably could have won 10 games a year. Um, I think I would say most people would say that. So, you know, I don't know if this this necessarily like reflects his actual coaching abilities, but as a head coach so far, he's gonna he's gonna have to turn this around quick, I'd say. I would agree. I think it, they only have three, like said, three returning on the offense. Um, so that leaves a lot of question marks if they can right. get any kind of running game. Kobe Pace is talented. And, and I could yeah. see them getting over three and a half, but um, that's a lot of question marks I can't answer. I'm going to hammer the under on that one. I got you. Well, just, just uh, like we uh, did in the SEC podcast, we kind of briefly, you know, put a guesstimation on who would win the conf- conference there. And I said LSU. What are y'all thinking for as the ACC? I mean, y'all, y'all already know who I'm voting for, um, but it's for a good reason. I, I feel like um, we talked about Florida State and just what what they have coming back, what they did in the transfer portal. Um, I, you know, again, we're not necessarily calling this a, a down year for Clemson, but it's just not. They're not quite as. Um, we'll say they're not the favorites that they've always been as far when it comes to ACC. So. Uh, if if Florida State's going to do it, I think it would be a good year to do it. Um, again, they, they, they score a lot of points. They they have a lot of experience coming back to that team, and for a team that already won a bunch of games, um, I like them a lot. Uh, especially um, when you consider the fact that they're we're going to find out real quick, like JC mentioned earlier, they play LSU, and this is going to be the rematch from last year. And LSU is going to be hot. LSU is going to want this one. So if they're able to pull a win against LSU, I think it's going to be a good indication that, okay, like everybody watch out, Clemson included. So uh, I got FSU. Clinton, did I learn that you were a uh, FSU fan in this podcast today? Dude, I'm a fan of anybody that beats Clemson, sir. Okay. Sorry to step on you, JC. I just had to ask. (laughs) No, no, you're good. (laughs) To be honest, I have like, I'm back and forth. I think I have a feeling that Florida State might beat Clemson in the regular season, but they would see each other again in the ACC championship. And like you touched on, it's hard to beat a team twice. I don't think Clemson's offense is going to struggle, but if they do, I think Xavier Thomas and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. are going to put enough pressure on opposing defenses and offensive lines that they're going to make the secondary look really good. I think Clemson's going to win the ACC. It sucks to say that, because I think Florida State's good. I think North Carolina's good. But just strictly looking at defense and the experience that the team, the players on that Clemson team have, um, I just feel like they're going to get it done. And I don't think Dabo's going to go, you know, 
that many years without making it to the playoff and being in the national discussion. I think they have higher expectations there. So is as much improved as I think Florida State's gonna be and North Carolina, I think I, I'm gonna pick the defense um of all things and I think Clemson's gonna end up getting it done. Which will just make it all that sweeter when Carolina wins that we would have beaten the ACC champion again. So <laughs> it's a, it's just a win win for everybody. Ruin playoff hopes, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with what you said before you said those last couple sentences, JC. Um uh, you I, agree I with the take or are you not at all? So <laughs> I do kind of have a weird feeling. Like I said, it's hard to beat a team twice in a year. Um, I think Florida State may be coming off real hot to start the year. And they may beat us in in uh if they beat L- LSU, they're probably beating us up up in uh, Memorial Stadium uh in week four. So but I think it'll turn right around and in the ACC championship will um will handle business there. I think Davos too good to not make the right adjustments when it comes to that. Um, and like I told you earlier, there's a slight chance if, I mean, if Florida State beats LSU especially and they only lose to Clemson in the ACC championship, they're going to be, you know, 12-1. and one. And Clemson will be 12-1. and one. There's a chance they both can make the playoffs. And I'd love to see the uh, college football world implode after that. Two ACC teams make the playoffs. But um, no way. Yeah, because, of course, my, my pick's going to be Clemson. So. I was really hoping you'd come out and just be like, "I've got North Carolina shocking the world. They're they're about no, to just Duke, man, Duke. I'm you, Duke's yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I forgot you. Uh, yeah, yeah he's next Duke coming guy. of Alabama. Yeah. Uh, so, quick question: Are you worried uh, if Clemson takes game one and it ends up being a rematch? Are are you a lot more worried at that point if Clemson and FSU play in the ACC championship and Clemson won the first round? I, I would say yes. I would definitely be worried. I, I, I'm not trying to say that. It's not something new that I've just said with, you know, it's hard to beat a team twice. It's really hard to beat a team twice in the same year. I agree. Um, so I, I would definitely be more worried um, if we won that. But we should win that first game because it is in, in Clemson. So that's, mm-hmm. it kind of worries me. But it, that means we would run the table and then we'd be the 12-1 and team after the ACC loss. I'd rather win the ACC championship, but um, it, it would yeah. worry me. It's gonna be fun, man. I, I'm I'm ready to watch you just white knuckling this all the way through. <laughs> uh, hopefully, it won't be like that from years past. <laughs> yeah. The good yeah. news is we're one week closer, boys. One we week are. closer, right there. Well, I appreciate you guys listening. Um, the best way to follow us and get a hold, pretty much wherever we're at, is the, our Instagram page. It's from the stands brand. From there, we got links to Spotify and Apple. We're on both of those. Um, we are on TikTok now. Um, just putting up clips there as well. It's from the Stan's brand there as well. But go to our Instagram. The links, everything's there. You guys can reach out to us there. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. All right, boys. See you.